0: The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther.
1: Hi, I'm Ken Crowther and this is the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on the BBC Sounds app. This week, I'll be taking your calls on box trees. They've had a lot of trouble, particularly with box tree caterpillar. Also, roses, and not forgetting, ginger lilies. I've also got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden, as well as plant of the week. I go straight to your calls now, and this week we start with Chris from Great Dunmo, who, interestingly, I went to primary school with. Hello, Chris.
2: Yeah, good morning, Ken. Um, I don't know whether you remember me, but we were at school together when we were five years old at Fairlop School.
1: Chris Roberts. Yes. Yes, and you had a you had a train sh- set in your parents' loft.
2: loft. I did. You're dead right. You do. <laughs> <pretty much. laughs> How are you?
1: Oh, I'm all right. Yes, we're doing <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah.
2: So, uh, right. Uh, a gardening question. We've got some six-foot spiral box and other topiary, which has got box caterpillar in it at yep. the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Should we just spray it or cut out the uh, infected bits?
1: No, you're better off to keep... Well, um, a lot of people are picking them off and getting rid of them, (laughs) which is a bit laborious. Uh, There's really only... um, Bug Clear Ultra is one of the few that will be effective on them. They're a major press, pest, as you may have heard us chatting on before about them. I mean, they really are, uh, they're going to, they seem to devastate complete areas of box. They're very difficult to get rid of. Yep. There is um, something on the market, it, it's, it's a bit, I can't really t- 100% work out what it is, because some of the reports are, there's, a bio, there's not a biological, there's a, it's another process that actually affects them. It's like a biological, but it's not biological. If that makes sense, there is another product on the market that you appear appears to be advertised, although it claims to be only be able to be used by commercial spraying people with spraying certificates. But I'm not quite sure about the use of it, and I personally have never used it. But there is another a, something available that you find on the web.
2: Okay. Well, we have actually got we bought some Bug Clear Ultra, which we're going to use today.
1: Yep. You need to get spraying straight away because in theory you can get at least two generations of caterpillar in one season because uh, they'll pupate, produce a moth because it's a moth uh, and the moth will relay eggs. So in fact, you can see the challenge of getting rid of it, but they are devastating because they eat all the green parts and if they eat too much green parts, obviously the plant um, can deteriorate to a point of eliminating it basically because it can't. It can't do its job with the green no, leaf. Can no. we
2: spray the other um, box that we've got that hasn't got it at the moment, just as a precaution?
1: Look for webs. That's the important thing. And, yes, I, if you haven't got mountains of box, that's what I would do. OK. Thank you very much. nice to talk to you again and and to you, Chris, after all those years yeah, <laughs> that's, okay. that's funny catching up with somebody that you went to primary school with yeah we were, both went to um to Fairlop school um, down in near balkingside um Lynn <coughs> in Rochester hello Lynn Hello there, Ken. What are we talking about
3: um roses um in particular um my husband's Graham Thomas Rose and also the Graham Thomas honeysuckle um, we are we are moving in August
4: Ooh,
1: yeah
3: and just wondered the best way to transport both of them please. okay
1: well the first question is how long have both of these been in the ground and that's really the that's the main criteria
3: um, two to three years say two and a half years
1: two and a half years isn't too bad Um at the moment, they are obviously in flower, yes? Yes, that's correct. So the, the important thing is, the hundred, with the rose, um, if you're moving in August, the flower, you're going to get flower, a flush of flower now. You can let that finish. Right. Then I would reduce them down to about 18 inches. The rose, 18 inches? Right. I don't know how big it is. How big is it, three foot?
3: Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah,
1: round about but that. Down to about 18 inches. And then if it tries to flower, don't let it. Just keep taking the buds off. Oh, okay. you want Because you're trying to conserve the energy within the plant. Then you need to start possibly, if you're moving in August, in July, it wouldn't hurt you to come out a couple of feet out and dig down with a spade and stri- try to uh, cut all the roots all the way round, Yeah. Okay, But leave the plant in the ground. Go in at an angle, and that way you'll be getting some of them. You won't get all of them, but you'll get a few. And then you've got to be very, very careful when you move it. And basically, I would move and replant all in the same time. Can you do that, do you think?
3: Um, yes, my, my, my assistant can. I'm sure he'll be able to do that. That's That'll the be best way job. to do it.
1: Slide it into something like <clears throat> a bag or something and then pop it into a bucket because you'll need a good bucket full of soil. But if you slide it onto polythene, you don't lose as much soil around the root. Oh,
5: OK. Yeah? Right. And
1: then you pull the polythene up and lift it into a container and then you can carry it and transport it. When you plant it, put a bit of compost, not in the hole, but in the in the planting material that you're going to put back in the soil, mix it all in, and then don't flood it with water, but see that it is watered in regularly, and don't let it dry out. But don't do it so that you flood it and drown it. Does that make sense?
3: It, it, it does. That's absolutely perfect. Thank you so much.
1: And the basically the honeysuckle is fairly similar you would cut it back to a couple of feet high uh, keep the stems dig it round and then transplant similar sort of thing. there's a risk attached to anything that you move in the summer but depending I can't none of us can predict what's the weather's going to be like in August no, no. so we don't, so we don't know do we
3: yeah, no, no, definitely. That, that's that's perfect. Thank you so much. Really that's... appreciate it. Where are you
1: off to, actually? Out of interest.
3: We're going down to uh, Tynmouth in South Devon.
1: Oh, very nice indeed.
3: Yes, yes, we're really looking forward to it.
1: Good. You enjoy yourself in Devon, but don't forget you can keep listening because you can get us on the uh, BBC app. So oh, sounds app.
3: A- absolutely, I love BBC Radio Essex. So All I'll right. certainly be doing that. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thank All... you.
1: Thank you very much, and we'll go to um, we'll go to Lawrence, Lawrence in Brighton. no, we're going to go to Jen in Colchester. Hello, Jen.
6: Hello, hello, Ken. I spoke to you before. Um, it was to do with a, um, a plant which was grown prolifically, and uh, you recommended the uh, brushwood, which has worked perfectly. Thank you. But I've got another problem now, which I think um, I tried to text it to you the pictures, but didn't work out. Um, I think it might be a walnut tree, but it's growing in a, like a really small patch under the kitchen window. So, yep. um, obviously, it would have to come out. But it's um, it, it just grows. It's got a very um, uh, firm stem. So
1: how just, how thick is the how thick is the stem now? Is it a well, pen, um, stem,
6: pencil or you, big? It, it's not huge, but it's. I've actually got a walnut tree growing, just planted itself, or the squirrels did, in a pot um, in my back garden. Yeah. Um, and it's it's looking similar, although the the one in um, the other one is is looking a bit greener. But it's um, I I tugged on it to try and pull it out of the ground, and yeah. it wouldn't come. No, so. they get
1: they get a good tap root. How how thick is the stem though? That's what I'm trying to find out. Is it thick as a pencil or thick as a broomstick? Oh
6: no no no, not not that thick. It's it's quite thin.
1: You'd be better honestly to try and get somebody to just push a spade underneath it and yeah. if you if you do a spade at an angle mm-hmm. <clears throat> about 45 degrees into the ground yeah. underneath it, you'll find uh-huh. you can push the spade in and pull the plant yeah. at the same time and it will pop out.
6: Oh, okay, I'll do that. Thank you.
1: Cuz I don't um, like to encourage you using, using weed killer on things like that that you no, I know I, that I you don't. can get out. Yeah?
6: And the um the Lonicera which you recommended for that for the other plant for the the brushwood. Yeah. Um it, it's quite sad because, you know, it was growing all right, but um, it, it just needed to go, so... It's um, gone. It, it did work, but obviously I'm not going to throw that all over the garden.
7: <laughs> no, be
1: very careful. I mean, yeah. we killers do have to be treated with respect, don't they? Yes, I? of
6: course. Yes, yeah. I appreciate that. And there was some one other picture on my text which I tried to send to you, um, which was a variegated plant, um, but um, it's hard to describe, very pretty. I just wondered what the, the rooting system of that was.
1: If it how how large is the plant
6: um it's probably about spread of maybe a third of a meter, if that
1: oh, it's quite small, so would it be a euonoous is it quite close yes, to the ground that's are yeah. a euonoous is yeah. are very fibrous rooted you haven't got to worry about those at all if they're close to the house,
6: okay, that's great, brilliant, thank you, because it's growing really lovely, so
1: yeah, they're I, nice, and I like if you to just. If you just trim them lightly on a regular basis and keep feeding them, you'll find you'll get yes. the, the colour stays there. Yeah.
6: Perfect. OK, that's great, and thanks a lot. I love your show.
1: Thank you Good. very much indeed. That's right. Jen from Colchester, who has given us a call on 0800 311 40 It's now time for Plant of the Week, and this week I'm going to look at Escalonia ivy. It's found as a hybrid seedling, it was, in Cornwall years and years ago. Again, Victoriana-type times. It grows 1.5 to 2.5 high. So, okay, you might think it's too big for your garden. But you can keep it pruned. It's great because it does spread equally 1.5 wide. So you could use it as a hedge. It has dark, glossy (laughs) leaves... White flowers from about now right into summer. They're very fragrant, and if you deadhead it, it will keep flowering, believe it or not. So you can just run them over with a pair of light shears and it will keep flowering, producing more flower. It's ideal, as I said, in the hedge, and it also will tolerate some uh, seaside conditions. It prefers moist, well drained soil but loves the sun, perhaps a bit of. Tolerance of partial shade It's worth mulching the plants To keep them moist And that way you haven't got to worry about them too much And if you want to uh, reproduce it You can take cuttings uh, About a month's time Semi-ripe growth In the summer time So they are It's Escalonia we're looking at this week um, Ivy And that's a good one To think about doing a hedge of Instead of I don't know Privet. It's green. This one, flowers. Semi-evergreen. Pretty well tolerant of frost unless we get minus, minus, minus degrees. There you go. It's off, out and around. Let's go back to talk to Lawrence now. Hello, Lawrence. Good
7: morning, Ray. What would you like to know? I just want to make sure that I haven't um, wasted my money. Um, It's my lawn. I want to feed it. And I spoke to a professional gardener the other day. He was just laying down feed. And I said, how many times do you do that a year? And he said, about three. I said, well, mine, my lawn's got a bit of moss in it, but I'm slowly getting rid of it. You helped me last year for that matter. So I went uh, to one of the major stores this morning and I got
2: Westlands. Is it OK to say that? Yeah, well, you, you have, like. so
1: don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say there are many on there are several makes on the market.
7: Yeah. So what I've bought, it's got rapid greening, kills weeds and roots, kills moss, and a stronger lawn. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether I've done the right thing or not. Should I just got a feed like the guy said, or would I be all right putting this down?
1: You can still do it. The problem, one of the your, your problems, is that grass is growing quite uh, well at the moment. It's had a nice drop of rain and it's growing quite vigorously. Um, your feed will encourage it to grow a better it'll improve the strength of the grass the moss killer now the moss killer will kill the moss but then ideally when it's dead you want to get it out and that's the biggest the most difficult thing is once your your grass is growing it's quite difficult to rake out the moss but you can do all that just as you as, as it says on the packet sort of thing so there's nothing wrong with that and a lot of people do actually um, feed lawns three times a year, um, you know, depends on, on what you want from your lawn and how much grass you've got to cut, quite honestly, Lawrence, doesn't it? If you've got a huge yeah. lawn, you wouldn't be wanting to feed it too much because you're going to have to cut too much. Um, and see that you don't cut it too low when you yeah. fed it because, you know, you're taking the nutrient out. But remember, although we're for, If you listen to the news and the forecast, we're supposed to be getting showers, but if you put it on and you don't get any rain within 24 hours, I think it will say on the packs you need to water it in.
4: Lovely, lovely. Thanks a lot, Ray.
1: OK, that's no problem at all. And uh, yes, just to remind Lawrence, it's Ken Crowther. Ray's done his bit with his music. Good old Ray, but I answer to anything, so no worry at all. Let's go now to Jim. Hello, Jim,
2: from Hello Hockley. There. Hello there. Um, a couple of questions. Yeah. One, I'm doing a garden at the moment, but the wallflowers have all finished flowering, and I yes. want to know, is it all right to cut all the, the big long seed heads off? And the same with the lupins.
1: OK, let's start with the wallflowers. Um, I, I visited a garden the other day that's got hundreds of wallflowers everywhere all through their herbaceous borders. Now, the reason they've got them is because they leave the seeds on to ripen and then the seeds drop and they grow. Now, if you're a person that doesn't want that to happen, the answer is you can cut them off and the wallflowers sometimes will come again next year. No, no predicting, because it's a half-hardy perennial, so it's a half-hardy annual, so it might not come again next year but it might does that make sense
2: yeah yeah i know all about that yeah so treat yep. so
1: you can treat it any which way uh i like them tidy i normally cut them off is my yeah, honest they're answer all over
2: the place so yeah. they're just covering everything else
1: up yeah now lupins are definitely best to take the deads off you cut those back down to the bottom because um as they fade they just look messy uh yeah. And if they break in the wind and the rain, they're more likely to set up a rot in the crown of the lupin. So you're yeah. better off to clear it and get rid of it.
2: Right, right, that's it. I'm
1: and watch on lupins. Just as it's been a, a mild winter, watch out for lupin aphid. Um, it's a very invasive uh, aphid. It's grey, and keep an eye on the on the on the sort of clump on the on the heart of the plant. And if you see it, get spraying.
2: OK. Yeah, I've had a bit of trouble with snails and slugs. Oh,
1: they're everywhere at the moment, aren't they? They're loving this weather, aren't they? I'll
2: put notices out as well, but
1: there you uh, go. They don't read, do they? They just don't uh, read, these slugs and um, these, do can they? I'll
2: just ask you one question. Yeah,
1: sure.
2: Uh, next door, but one neighbour, he's um, really keen on it, a young fella. Yep. Um, he planted a wisteria floribunda. It's spelled Sheera Noda. Yep. There's another name on it. Is it Longisima? That will be.
1: That will be. Is it Alba on the end?
2: Uh, Alba.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a long racing, which means the flowers are long and it's white. What's is mm-hmm. he got a problem with it or not?
2: Yeah, well, he's had it about three years or more, and he's trained it along. He's got a big, nice garden shed. He's trained it up right the way along. It's about twenty foot long. Lovely. But he's got, hasn't had a flower on it.
1: Right. If it depends whether it's a seedling or a grafted one. And watch that all he's doing is cutting back. He'll have lots of tendrils. Tell him lots of tendrils. Cut those back to three buds. Yeah, yeah. From from where they start, and that's all. all. Right. And then leave it alone. Uh, feed it with, uh, feed it next, oh, you could feed it now, actually, to give it a bit of a uh, different body. Feed it with a bit of tomato food, but definitely next spring, give it tomato, tomato food.
2: Yeah, all Use, yeah. Does that go for all the wisterias cut back to three? Yes.
1: Yeah. At the moment, June time, they've all got these tendrils cutting back to three buds, those tendrilly things, unless you need to train any of those branches.
2: Yeah. Would it be because it's a young plant?
1: If it's a young seedling plant, it can take years to flower, and that's one of the problems. If it's a grafted one, it should flower fairly swiftly, and I don't know why it hasn't. That's why I think give it a feed. OK,
2: Lovely. Thanks very much, indeed.
1: Thank you. That's Jim from Hockley. And we go to Nigel from Braintree. Nigel, we're talking grapes. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I've got a grapevine. Yep. And I'm a little bit confused. I've taken about well over 100 bunches of grapes off, like the seedlings or whatever they're called. And I've still got well over... A hundred on there. Do I need to
1: thin them out more? Right, no. Let them get to a bit bigger than pin size, the actual grape. How big's the grape now? Uh, pin size. Uh, pin size. Right, get a very fine pair of scissors and thin the actual grape bunches. So don't take the bunches off. Thin the bunches. From just toggle the bottom? You just go through the bunch, just clipping some off, and they'll just drop to the floor. Does that make sense?
0: No. (laughs) Right.
1: Imagine, oh, imagine you've got 10 apples in one bunch hanging down, hanging down. Think of it as apples. Apples is easy to think about. Four apples, five apples. And to get a big apple, what you do is you remove three of them and let two grow larger. Okay. Same principle on grapes. OK, commercially they won't worry because it doesn't matter, yeah? But we're not making wine, are you? You're, you're, you're not doing it for wine, you're doing it for the grapes, yes? Yeah, yeah. So you go through with a very pointy pair of scissors. You can buy special ones if you want to, but a pointy pair of scissors and just clip, snip some out of that bunch and you will reduce the bunch by about half of the little pips, yeah? Yeah. And they will then know. grow into better sized grapes for you. And that's all you need to do.
0: So I've got more or well, well over a hundred on the vine.
1: Well, if you think you've got too many, take them off. But if not, I would just let them come and just thin the ones that you want to. And then as they as the plant produces lots of side branches and trailing pieces, I reduce those back as well. To put the nutrient put the nutrient into the grape. Lovely. Thank Have you. A, Have a go, Nigel, and let me know how you get on. And we go to Alan from Chelmsford. Hello, Alan.
7: Hi, Ken. I must start by saying I'm not a gardener, uh, but I'm just asking this out of interest. I've sent you an email with a photo of a plant on it. Um, It's about three foot high. The flowers are um, multi-petaled, and each petal is sort of lilac, yeah, yeah, I've got your e- right.
1: It was on an email, wasn't it?
7: It was, mate.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Alison Steed, is that you? No, sorry. I'm just trying to work out which one you are.
7: Oh right, okay. <laughs> uh,
1: where did you send this pic? What was your name again? Sorry,
7: you Alan. Alan. Alan.
1: I'm trying to look for Alan. Um, is it the one that you wrote um, a letter about, and you said how you'd taken over the garden, or is that not the one?
7: No, that's not me, no. I sent it about 15, 20 minutes ago. 15, 20 minutes.
1: Oh, Mickey boy. No. 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 But,
7: but, but basically, Ken, it's about three three to four foot high. Yeah. Uh, the actual flowers, the blooms, are about the size of a two-pence, 50-pence piece.
1: Yeah. How big are the uh, leaf? How big the leaf? uh um,
7: the leaves are about the size of the, not your whole hand, but right part of the palm of your hand. if you know what I mean? Right,
1: and it's a purple, purpley, bluish colour.
7: No, uh, lilac-y.
1: Lilac one. I think you've got lavatera. Right. Is it? Is it a light brown stem? No, green. A green stem. Yeah.
7: I, I did actually try to send you a text, but when you put a text in and you put Essex first, when you had a photo,
1: yeah. okay, yeah, let's try they're... and right talk. Um, uh, just stay on the line, and we'll see if we can sort you out to send to send a picture to us, and see if whether we can have a look at it that way. I think that will be a lot easier. So hang on in there, and we go to Robin from Benfleet now. Hello, Robin. Oh,
7: good good morning. Um, I'm just making inquiries about a ginger lily. Yep, if this would be the start of my fourth season with this uh, bulb. Right, it's got. It's. I'm just asking, when would I expect it to flower?
1: I would have thought that you should have had flower within the last year or this year. I don't know why yes. you haven't last, actually.
7: Yeah, last year I had four stems, uh, very healthy, strong ones. Yep. about four foot, no three foot high. Uh huh. But no flowers, and this year they obviously they rocked out, died down, and they're now about fifteen inches high. The new stems and very healthy again. They're in uh, about uh, a two foot by two foot pot, circular pot.
1: Okay, and um, what do you do? You feed them at all, or what?
7: Not often, I must admit.
1: (laughs) Try feeding them a bit of tomato food. That will help them along, definitely.
7: Yes. Oh, that's lovely.
1: On a a two-week basis, and I think you'll find you might be able to persuade them into flour.
7: Lovely. Thank you very much. Okay, that's Robin
1: from Benfleet. We'll be back to your calls and texts and emails fairly shortly. Let's look at another couple of tips I've got for you this week. And I'm going to start with roses because (laughs) deadheading roses can be a laborious job. Um, You know, if you've got a huge wall of perhaps climbing roses and they're all loads of them are out in flower. The rain's given them a fair bashing as well. It's really time to deadhead them. Now, sometimes they're cluster roses, which means you've got several heads. So that takes a long time, but you do need to get rid of them because they look untidy and horrible. So go along and get rid of all those dead heads. If they're single roses on a branch, cut it back to two buds. That's the easiest way of doing it. And the same with hybrid teas and floribundas. Dead head your roses, keep them looking tidy and rake up all those petals or blow them through with your, with your blower because they do look pretty ugly when they go brown and this weather has affected roses dramatically now we're in june we'll be looking for the next flush of roses believe it or not and we want to induce those by giving them an extra feed give them a really good rose feed something like top rose will be good because it's got all those extra nutrients in that roses need so they are get those roses fed now. Annuals. You've all put your annuals in, haven't you? But guess what likes annual when it's raining is slugs. So get some slug bait down. Be careful if you don't like, uh, um, you know, harmful ones. You can get some very organic ones today. So get some slug bait or pellets or deterrents round your annuals because if not, they'll be eaten away. Again, don't forget that you've got to keep feeding your annuals on perhaps a two-weekly, three-weekly basis and the weeds will be taking over if your annuals don't. So, come on, get weeding amongst those annuals. Also, good one, pinch out the tops if you've just popped them into the ground. Pinch out the tops, don't let them flower for the first week or so and you'll get a much better plant. Yeah? More tips for you to get out in that garden, in between the showers, and enjoy that garden this summer. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Mary from Hodderston. Hello, Mary.
5: Oh, hi. Hi, Ken. I I know you've done um, a a piece on caterpillars in boxes. Yes, yep. Um, I've looked at my box. I've got the the pointed leaf, and the round leaf box. But there's no caterpillars at all, but there is a dieback. And um, you suggested Bad Clear Ultra for the caterpillars. Will that do the... the, the uh, no. Just a dieback? No?
1: No, oh. no. What you might have... Uh, mm-hmm. what, what sort of dieback are you getting? I mean... It's, it's like... Um, just go orangey-red and...
5: Not so much red, just a brown, or oh, yeah, a little bit orangey, but could
1: it, have dr- could it have just dried out that section? No. Because no,
5: I've, I've, it's not I've right. Them. Uh,
1: the only other thing that there is is um, a box disease, which again, mm-hmm. um, a box blight, uh, which will affect box trees, and the only thing you can use is a you know, a a fungicide for that, which can help. Uh, but it's very. We got two real problems with box. I mean, we're trying to get rid of both, but it's very difficult to get rid of that as well. Yeah. So, you know, ideally, uh, yeah. you you all you can do is spray it. So that that's yeah. the problem. You see, and Do you see oh, what I'm this, getting?
5: What what this fungicide? Um, what could I spray? What what one would I use to get rid of that?
1: Uh, any good? Um, any good? Any good fungicide will get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, we'll get okay. rid of it. I mean, just ask at your garden centre and see that see that you see that you can get rid of it. Um, it, it, you'd know it because it, it. eventually. The problem is it will eventually kill the roots, and that's the problem. Oh, really? So you've got to be quite careful, careful with it. Um, yeah. You know, to treat it. So it's yeah. a lot of people are removing it um, completely. And you don't want to use if you're pruning it. Don't mm. move the pruners onto another mm. area. Mm. Yeah, so there's yeah. An, there's, there's, there's um,
5: quite a bit on there. If I was to if I was to cut it off, I think I would the shape would would be gone. Some of them are round balls and some of them are triangles. Yeah, and it would be you know they they're more they're like a statue in the garden so so to speak. And when you well that
1: that is one of the one of the troubles with box blight. You know, I mean. Um, There isn't an easy way of getting rid of it. And and I I don't understand how you can do it. Some people claim, uh, some people claim that actually you can cut them back, cut it back and it will regrow. I've seen that actually done. Um, But, it's it's a, again. It's a chance, you know. It's one of these things that you can't yeah. really okay. get get yeah. hold of.
5: Okay, okay. I'll give it a go. the fungicide. I'll give it a go.
1: All right, and let me, how, yeah, let me know how. let me know how you case. get on. I okay, we'll
8: do. Thank you, Ken.
1: Thanks very much indeed. And we will go from box to lavender. Um, it's an interesting fact that today I am not planting uh, box trees at all. I'm trying to use a lot of euonymus, um, lonicera. And I've just avo- I'm avoiding planting box for that reason. Um, let's now go to Nigel from Harwich. Hello, Nigel. Uh, hello,
0: Ken. Um, it, yeah, lavender. We yep. we have like a raised bed in our front garden of lavender, and uh, I think it's a little sort of grassy, dark, very dark, half and half. The lavender's taken over. Okay. Which is great because the the bees they absolutely love it.
1: Yeah, they're all out in flower at the moment, looking good, aren't they? No, ours are not, but oh. they
0: won't be long. Yep. Now, my concern is we we love it for the, the bees and the, the other yep. stuff that gets on it. Can we use any fertiliser?
1: What, to keep them growing?
0: The lavender.
1: Yes, you can, but you'd need to put it underneath the bushes. I mean, any good uh, fertiliser would work really well. Something as simple as grow more. You just oh, okay. get a small handful in your hand and then just shuffle it underneath. Not, oh, don't overload it, uh, right. because grow more. If you imagine your hand and you put it in the, don't put it in the finger bit, but if you imagine it in the palm. Yep. That much per square yard is roughly the right amount. Now, if you sprinkle it under and then just rake it in with your hand or a small handful, and that will do the job. Oh, okay.
0: No, that's fine because I wasn't sure what sort of, uh, whether it was acid-loving or...
1: No, just, just feed it. Give it some food. They'd love it. Now, the other important thing, of course, you know, Nigel, don't you? As soon as it's finished flowering... Yep. When it's finished and the pods are all formed, remember that you need to trim it. And when yep. you trim it, go into the actual growth just a little bit. Oh. Touch, touch the leaf, but don't go hard. If you go in hard to a lavender, you kill them. They just die back.
0: Oh, okay. What we normally do, Ken, is just use a pair of shears. To, to get That's all right. It
1: shears, are, Yeah, go a little bit lower. But and bit you'll, lower. It'll mound just a little bit. And I mean fractional, half an inch, oh. something like that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Thank you. That's Nigel from Harridge. And I'd just like to go to an email now. Now, an email from Alison Steed. This is the one I got confused with. Alison Steed has sent us a, attaching a copy of the plant, which is in the front garden. Um, It's been there 16 years and it was always small, 18 inches high, never flowered, come to think of it and never did much at all. Anyway, when dad was alive, apart from his beautiful roses, he never fed anything. Uh, Mum and dad have passed away and since my partner moved in with me, he has been tending the garden. He's been looking after it and he has fed the front garden. And yes, you have got a lavatera in your front garden. They're normally quite short-lived, but as it was only 18 inches high and struggling, um, it's been there for 16 years. I'm sure it's a lavatera from the picture. Um and all you need to do, they're not 100% hardy, but it's tucked in against the house, which is uh, why it's protected very well. Uh, just prune it off lightly after after flowering, not too harsh, and then prune out any dead in the spring and you'll find it will keep growing. Thank you very much for your email on that one as well. So now... Um, Let's go back to the phones now. That number to call is 0800 That's 0800 Simple as that. And we go and talk to Vera in Eastwood. Hello, Vera.
9: Hello. Good morning. Um, it's about my rhododendron. Um, yeah it there's something on the underside of the leaves it's like it's about half an inch long it almost looks like a little strip of paint and there's lots of it on you know on each leaf sometimes there's a little yellow bit on it as well but you know it's primarily white I don't know what it is. I've, tr- I've sprayed it with Pravado, yeah. and hasn't made any difference. And okay. I did hope when we had all the rain it would alter it, but no, it's exactly right. the same. Is it,
1: is it a whitish colour?
9: Yes, yes, it is.
1: It could be a scale. Um, it could be one of the scale insects, it sounds like. It's got whitish... Uh, it's not It's not fluffy at all, is it? So it's not mealybug? No, 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 no it isn't mealybug.
9: It's, I've, as I say, I've looking like, all my books and I can't find anything that it I
1: can I, relate it to. So like one of the scale. You will be better to use, um, switch from Provado and also just, I mean, alternating insecticides is good. Um, use uh, Bug Clear Ultra. Try that. As well. back right.
9: Ultra.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and have a go at that. And I think you should be able to eradicate them. Um, they're often people wipe them off, but if you've got a lot of them, that's a oh, bit there's of a problem. An awful lot. Yeah. Um,
9: also- no, I don't know if it's connected at all. But some of the leaves are quite sticky, and yep. there is—I don't know if it's whitefly. There's some little tiny, it looks like whitefly, very sticky, and
4: yeah, you've got, got
9: an the a- same sort of thing. You've got you an a
1: that will be an aphid because they secrete a sic- a stickiness anyway. Yeah, so that is what you've got as well.
5: Oh, all
9: right.
1: same <laughs> problem. Will the
9: bug clear off? Yes, will that yep. That, both that,
1: that will uh, hopefully eradicate both.
9: OK, thank you very much indeed. That's thank a you. pleasure.
1: That's a pleasure. And don't forget that number to call is 0800 4041. Text on triple three. Start your message with the word Essex. All as easy as that. Diane from Halstead. Hello, Diane.
8: Hello, Ken. Hello. wonder if you can help me about with my honeysuckle. Uh-huh. There's so, something has obviously been eating it, Um it's, it's tiny little black things, but they look... They're quite dusty, but they've caused the um, all the bloom to, to shrivel up and the leaves as well, um, and it's on all of it, actually.
1: Right. Now, hang on. You say it's a dust. Is the leaf got, like, a sootiness on yes. it? Yes. Well, that... You see, I think you've got two problems. I think you may have had an aphid on it, yeah? Right. And then... What the aphid excretes, I just was saying to the previous caller, did you hear I was saying they yes, excrete yes, a stickiness, a mm. and then you get a mildew. That's
8: right. Which mm. is sooty
1: mildew. Now, that's what I think you've got. You've got yes. sooty, sorry, sooty mould, not mildew. It's a right. sooty mould. That's what I think you've got.
8: Right. Now, um,
1: um, you can. <laughs> you need to get rid of the aphid, because the aphid, I reckon, is still there. And then you need to treat the sooty mould. Right, if, I... if there's any areas that you've got too much honeysuckle, I would cut some of it back. You won't hurt right. it roughly at this time of year. And then spray with... an. Uh, you've got to use two things. Get rid of the problem, which is the insect, and then spray with a uh, fungicide. But the fungicide won't necessarily clear up the blackness on the leaves at this right. moment.
8: But Do you it'll think help it's worth leaf. trimming it all down? Because it's going round an arbor um, and basically it looks as though it's, it's not growing very much well, if you at all.
1: Yeah, if you haven't got any decent flower, it won't yeah. hurt to trim it back lightly. Don't be too heavy on it, but trim it back lightly yeah. and then give it a blooming good feed as well at the same time. So you're feeding it, feed and water it. Get it growing again and then treat the problem at the same time. But even though you trim it back, there'll still be aphid in there, so get rid of them.
8: Right, with a fungicide.
1: No, insecticide. (laughs) Insecticide for the insects, fungicide to slow down that blackness.
8: Because I was spraying it with um, the Bravado. um, That's all right.
1: You're doing the right one. So right. that's fine. Okay. Then when you've, when you've cut it back on that, and if you watch for new new growth, if the new growth is clean, don't worry. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. if it isn't, you need a fungicide.
8: All right? Okay, lovely. Thank you very much.
1: That's a pleasure. That's Diane from Halstead. Back to your gardening questions in a moment. But right now on the BBC it's Gardening Hour podcast, I've got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden. Now, you may have noticed we had a bit of rain. Yep. It rained and it rained and in fact it was quite good really because it's just what our gardens needed. Now what has happened since is not only have the lawns grown but those pernicious weeds which seem to appear because of the very dry summer last year as I've noticed there's a lot of thistle, there's a lot of nettle, all sorts of things are appearing in our lawns. So Go round with a spot weeder. Now, the spot weeder's got to be a lawn weed killer. Please don't use any other. I have uh, visited several gardens where people have used the wrong product um, and it makes a bit of a messier lawn. So they are spot weed, those nasty lawns. Get rid of them. Now, let's look at another thing with lawns. Um, They're growing like mad because they've had a nice lot of rain, but that doesn't mean that they'll... Um, they don't need a bit of a feed because nutrients get washed out very quickly. I think it's still a good time within the next couple of weeks to give them a good granular feed. Now, we could also, if you're only trying to get rid of a few weeds, you know, a bit of buttercup, a bit of daisy and stuff like that, you could use a weed and feed at this time of the year. It's a good time to get on with that. Um, just watch the weather. We're forecasting showers, so I reckon you could safely do it. But if it doesn't shower within 24 hours, it's worth watering those in. They are. There's a couple of tips for you to be getting on with. This time on the podcast, we give out uh, some of those events and gardens that you can visit. You need to send them along to me two weeks in advance. It's as simple as that. Send them to ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk and we'll put them onto the system. Let's start with a couple of NGS gardens. That's National Garden Scheme. Nine Malian Road, Whittam. Saturday the 22nd and Sunday the 23rd. That's next weekend, 10.30 till 5. Uh, i tell you what, you can get homemade cakes at this one, so it's worth going to. Large town garden, mature trees, shrub borders, series of garden rooms, very trendy, all these garden rooms, flower beds, ponds, summer house, greenhouse. <gasps> Plenty of places to sit and relax and have your homemade cakes. The postcode for that is CM8 1DF. Let's move on to 18 Pettit's Boulevard, and that's in Rise Park in Romford. Now classed as London, I think. But anyway, I'd call it Essex, don't we? I'll give you the postcode a bit later on. Saturday the 22nd and Sunday, 1 till 5. Admission £3.50. Homemade teas again. It's an 80 foot by 23 foot garden on three levels with, again... Funny enough, it's got pond, patio aerial perennials, many, many pots and a huge eucalyptus tree leading to a woodland-themed garden with ferns and hostas. Sounds very interesting, that one. 18 Pettits Boulevard in Romford, RM1, 4PL. Uh, on the 22nd as well, 8.30 till 12, there's a plant sale for the Billericke Horticultural Society. Yeah, Billericke Horticultural Society plant sale. Don't forget, 22nd of June, 8.30 till 12. At the Reading Rooms, High Street, Billericay. Free entry and refreshments. Uh, Buy your plants from people who you know. There's a good one. That's a a good one to think about. Don't forget that uh, all you uh, horticulture scientists can get a mention on here if you send them along two weeks in advance. Back to some NGS now. Uh, Two cottages, Church Road, Gristle, Saffron, Warden. And that's open on the 23rd again, admission five pound, homemade teas. Magic lurks within this charming one-half-acre garden, which has evolved over 30 years. It's got 215 roses showcased in island borders. It's got meandering paths two miniature Shetland ponies for the children to look at at the bottom of the garden, tranquil seating areas, large smoking dragon once on display at the Hampton Court Garden Show. That's worth going along to, isn't it? That's a bit of fun. Two cottages, Church Row Grishall, and that's SG88QT. Riddle Gardens, um, several open there in Riddle, in Chelmsford. Eight The Green, 65 Ongar Road, 40 St John's Road. Admission six-pound for a mall. This is on Sunday the 23rd. Um, Riddle offers a number of pubs and cafes, as you know, and, of course, the renowned Tip Tree, Tea Room in Lordship Road. Very well worth going to. I do like a bit of their jam on scones with a bit of cream. Anyway, back to the gardens. Uh, eight The Green offers Creatively Planted borders, tapestry of colour, 40 St John's Road, designed to encourage wildlife, and 65 Ongar Road will transport visitors to a tropical destination. So there's plenty going on there. Let's nip off to Sybil Headingham now. Washlands. Uh, Washlands, Prayer's Hill. Sybil Headingham. Homemade teas there again. Sunday the 23rd. Charming one acre country garden uh, surrounding a former farmhouse. Good views over the rolling country. Former horse. Pond features a beach with landing stage, rose garden, herbaceous borders, woodland borders and hidden walks. Opportunity to sit and relax with alpines, grasses and alliums. The code for that, C09, 3LE, washlands in Sybil, Headingham. Last but not least, uh, over in Rayleigh on the 23rd, the White Garden, 33 Langdon Road, Rayleigh delightful white garden with David Austin roses, usual perennials, shrubs nestled into tiny pots. There's a fernery, hydrangeas, waterfalls oh a garden of fragrant flowers and shrub borders it's an absolute delight with a new Victorian greenhouse how would you get a new Victorian greenhouse I ask if it's Victorian I think it's Victorian style there's lots of woodland-style paths with plants beneath pergolas, clematis and rambling roses leading to an arbour. Light refreshments available. That's the White Garden, 35 Langdon Road, Rayleigh, SS6 9HY. Don't forget, a reminder, if you want your garden mentioned, NGS Garden, Open Garden or Horticultural Society, send it along to ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk or just send it along... In the post to Ken Crowther, BBC Essex, PO Box 765, Chelmsford, cm 29 xb Right, let's talk bamboos, shall we? Talk bamboos. Shall we talk bamboos,
4: Terry? Yes, can you hear me?
1: I can hear you. We're talking bamboos. What have we got to talk about?
4: Well, what it is, um, my neighbour's got some bamboo and it's creeped into my garden. Yep. I've been trying to eradicate it. I've uh-huh. uh, read up on it and vinegar and all these other bits and pieces. But uh, it, what it is, it's all under my patios. And it, every time I dig something up, it's gone under about six inches of concrete. It and it's will. creeping right across. It. You're talking about 12 foot into my garden.
1: Is there any way that you can go down where your fence line is at all?
4: Well, I've uh, I've done one part of it. I've gone down about two foot.
1: Yeah. And there's roots coming.
4: Yeah, roots. uh, Well, at the present moment, uh, I've only just done that. Right. But I've moved along in front of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, as you say, then I've actually, the more I dig up, the more I find.
1: Right. What you need to do is dig along the fence line and eradicate it from your fence line. Yeah. You can buy a thing called root barrier, which you can then emerge, uh, in, insert against against that. While you're digging it out, you can insert this root barrier, which will hopefully slow the roots down from coming into you. Once you've done right. that, then you can start killing your bamboo in your garden. But you've got to see that you've severed all the roots along the border, because if not, it will affect his bamboo as well, which you don't want. Yeah.
4: Fair enough. Uh, now, if I if I start chopping off the bits what I've come across, yep. Uh, would that actually regrow again if I've missed any bits?
1: If there's roots in the ground, yes. Sometimes the roots will come. That's why I'm saying you need to cut off that and then treat with a weed killer, one containing glyphosate or another one called SBK. Either of those will eradicate your bamboo. Okay.
4: Lovely. Okay, now I just wanted to know that, as you say, if I cut it off from the root, yep. uh, what's left in my, and if I've missed any, will that re, replant itself and grow?
1: It will if you've missed it. But then that's why you, once it emerges, you treat it with weed killer as the top comes out of the ground or the concrete or wherever it comes out. Okay? Right. Okay, thank you very much. That's Terry in Thundersley, and we go to Jean. Hello, James, from Grey's End. Is that right?
9: Hello, yes, yes it is. <clears throat> um I wonder if you could tell me when is the best time to to prune lavender and how much to take off.
1: Okay. Lavenders are very gentle gentle plants. You can't be harsh with them at all. Um and you need to normally you would cut them back after flowering. So as they produce their seed heads, you cut all the seed heads off. And you cut lightly into the foliage, but only lightly, about half an inch inch maximum. Uh-huh. If you've, if you've okay. got old... And you do this every year, so you control the plant. If you let them grow out of control and you try cutting them harsh back into old wood, chances are they will die.
9: Oh, right. OK, thank you. All right. And also, I've got um, uh, Italian herb lavender... Do I treat
1: that the same? Yes, but be more gentle with that because they're not as hardy.
9: Oh, right. Thank
1: you. Okay. Uh, Thank you. That's Jean from Gravesend, across the. She's across the water, Gravesend, isn't it? Yes. Um, When's the best time to prune a red robin? And that's Joy from Stanway. Um, Well, really, honestly, when you like. But most people will do it um, after the. You get a flush of lovely red. They'll then try to flower and a lot of people, and in fact it was Dave that was in the other week and he was saying he prunes to stop them flowering and then you get another flush of red growth. Uh, But early summer is a good time to prune a red robin. That's when I would do it. Don't forget, you can give us a call. I've got a line free at the moment on 0800 111 4041. And the most important thing, of course, who follows me? Don't forget, Ronnie will be in after me at 12 o'clock afternoon. So listen out for Ronnie. He takes you through for a good couple of hours. A very amusing programme. So listen up for him as well. A couple of months ago, um, this is Joan from Harlow. She contacted us about her hydrangeas. The leaves were brown and crisp. You advised that they needed watering. I've one in a large pot, one in the ground, and one in the ground is full of bud and doing well. The one in the tub is budding on lower branches, but in the center there's a long, very thin branch. No buds. If they were near the base, I'd think they were all like suckers, as in roses. Shall I just cut them off? No, you don't. No, you don't. Here. Someone else, look, Joan in Harlow, she went to Fairlop School in Barkingside as well. Ah, she went in the seniors because the girls were upstairs and the boys were downstairs. But did you go to the junior, the infants and junior, like I did with Chris Roberts, who was on earlier? Joan, you'll have to tell me. Anyway, neither here nor there. Let's go back to the hydrangea. The long stem in the middle uh, on the pot, cut that out. Leave all the base growth. That's your new growth for next year, and that will actually most likely could even come into flower even now. So don't worry about that at all. So I think you've damaged it a bit, and therefore it's struggling. So that's that's the problem. Okay, um, and it's interesting because I ha- Alan. Alan has sent Alan's Alan sent the uh, sent the email in, didn't he? Eventually, I've got that, and in fact, he's got the same plant that I was discussing, which is why I was confused because what he's describing is exactly the same as the one I've just talked about. They are lavatera, and they grow quite vigorous. Sometimes called mallow, but they're lavatera, um, and they're not a long-lived plant, but they do do quite well. In warmish summers, they were, went through last winter quite well because it wasn't kind, wasn't, uh, wasn't a problem because it was mild. So thank you, Alan, for sending those in. And that was uh, nice to get your picture. So there we are. we've sorted out the hydrangeas, but we haven't sorted out whether you went to the infant school, but we won't worry about that. That's Joan in Harlow. Um, let's go back to the phones because Ron in Rayleigh is there. And hello, Ron
6: hello hello ken
1: what are we um, talking about question
6: um we've got a rogersia reg- which is um has been in two or three years but yep it never looks very happy and uh it dies right back and disappears and we do sometimes wonder whether it's ever going to reappear again anyway it's just appeared above the ground yep and uh
7: uh, my wife would like to try moving it to a better position. Right. Apparently, it likes
2: a nice bit of boggy ground. Most it
1: like yeah. It likes bit of possibly a bit of dappled shade and yeah. a a moister place. Have you got it in somewhere that's in sun? It is in sun at the moment.
8: Yeah. yeah. It's not
1: in the best place then. No. Try and find somewhere dappled shade. Now you could move it now as it's emerging. See that yeah. you dig a big. You know, go right round it. Give it plenty of soil so you don't damage yeah. it. Yeah. And the important thing is then to add some compost to the ground. Right. Um, add, I don't mean just dump the compost in the hole. Mix the compost into what you're going to put round the plant when you push it back in. Yep. Then when you've well watered it, and I mean well watered, but not soaked, because you'll find even with this amount of rain, it hasn't gone in as far as we would think.
6: No. Give it a good we've soak. Got a one particular spot, which is is fairly
8: badly drained, and it yep. tends to stay wet quite a lot. And I understand
7: Rogersia might like
1: that. It, it would quite well. And then, what I would do in case the some in case you notice I said in case this summer goes dry, we <laughs> never know, do we? Uh, <laughs> why don't you Why don't you put a mulch of um, composted bark or something like that around it, There's about three in, doing th- that. three yeah. inches depth, and I think you'll find you'll get a better response for it thanks we'll give it a go <laughs> and okay thank you very much and joan from harlow thank you for your note you only went to the senior school you didn't go to the junior or the infants oh dear and they uh, were you that oh, i don't know when you went there they used to have um, a steamroller called sammy in the playground i can remember came from reb no was it ilford county council that was ilford county council in those days which was part of Essex. Good old Ilford which used to be part of Essex. Uh, we can slip a call in for you as well. 0800 111 4041. That's 0800 111 4041. And let's go back to looking at uh, Ivor Gooseberry in a 24-inch terracotta pot, three years old. The leaves are turned brown from the top and spread down and dropped off, leaving very bare branches and small berries. It must have dried out. It can't have done anything else, John. It's dried out. If the leaves have gone brown, unless they went mildewy first, it could have gooseberry mildew. But I think um, gooseberry mildew is one thing that it could have been. But I think it's dried out. So give it a blooming good soak. Blooming good soak. And don't rely on rain if you've got containers because it doesn't work. It really doesn't. Planted some roses earlier. They're doing very well, but only producing the hazelnut whirls and coffee creams. I don't know about that. Um, So none of the purple ones, which are my favourite. What am I doing wrong? Thank you, Chris. I just like to always read out your... You you send me one a week. Anyway, let's go back to Steve in Sudbury, who's got a proper question, haven't you, Steve? What would you like to know, Steve? Uh,
4: My fruit trees have got some horrible little black bugs on them. Hundreds
1: of them. Right. Okay. Um, are they and all, in, the leaves,
4: all the leaves are shriveling up as well?
1: Yeah, they'll curl and shrivel if they've got. It's a, most likely a black aphid, um, yeah. and they'll sh- they'll curl because the aphid is sucking at the sap, and they curl themselves up, and then eventually they go brown on the edges and sometimes drop off. Um, There's not a huge amount that you can use. You need if it's a big tree. Honestly, you can't spray it, but if it's a smaller tree... Is it a smaller tree, Steve?
4: Yeah, dwarf trees, yeah.
1: If if they're dwarf ones, go to a good garden centre and see you get the right spray. You can use some friendly sprays, but you need to get it into where the bugs are. And you can use some of the organic sprays which are made up of oils and things like that, and soft soaps. All right?
4: Okay, thanks
2: very
1: much. Best of luck, and keep going with it, because you can't just do one. You have to keep going with it. Um, Heike, I just sent you two photos of leaf damage on the newest growth of my ash tree. You did? Let's let's quickly nip over that. We've got ash tree problems. Uh, Let's have a quick look. This is from Paul. Wow, they have been eaten alive, haven't they? (laughs) More mature leaves. It's the fresh young growth. Pigeons spend a lot of time in the... Oh, it could be pigeons picking at the caterpillars. Could it be pigeons? Pigeon damage? Uh, If it's an ash tree, I can't work out whether it's an ornamental uh, ash tree or not, but you need basically to think about whether you would just spray it with... Provado or Bug Clear Ultra, and that will actually get rid of it. It's as simple as that. Someone's quickly asking about brassicas. Oh, 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 oh. can we... Brassicas, what would you like to know? Very, very quickly.
9: Oh, well,
3: they look like they've got a grey burn mark on them. They're very healthy, and we've got them covered up in a cage to keep the moss... Right, it if the it...
1: If it's a sort of brownish, greyish burn mark, I think that could be um, a, a fungal thing. I would definitely spray with a fungicide. I can't think anything else. The only other thing it could be is cabbage white where they've laid their eggs. So there's two things to look out for there. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. If you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you on the BBC Sounds app. Don't forget that if you want your Horticultural Society event or garden event mentioned on the podcast, give us two weeks' notice and send them along to ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk or pop them in the post to BBC Essex PO Box 765 Jumpsford CM29XB. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 111 4041 and be part of the programme. Yes, every Saturday from 11. It's the Gardening (laughs) Phone-In.